today. But most men make the common mistake of planning on today and forgetting forever. What Brother Grubbs in basic, simple language was trying to tell you this morning was a quotation from the Word of God. There is no temptation come upon man but what is common to you. Hallelujah. 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 And so we should look for the common things. It's not the unknown, the unseen things that's going to destroy us. It's the little foxes. The known common thing. Man was asked one time as he walked from New York City to Los Angeles. He walked all the way across the United States of America. They asked him what was the most discouraging thing that ever happened to him while he walked across this continent. He said the most disheartening and discouraging thing that bothered him walking from New York City to Los Angeles, California, he said it was the sand that would get in my shoes. It's not the major things that we think. It's a little insignificant thing we don't look at. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So we're going to continue today our study in the book of Acts. I wonder how many of you want to continue on in the book of Acts today. How many of you are learning some things from the book of Acts today? Praise God. We will continue on through the book of Acts. We hope that it stays challenging to you all the way through. Praise God. We're going to teach some things today that some of you don't want to hear. We're going to teach some things today some of you will be interested in hearing. Praise God. There's always more than one group of kind of people in each congregation. Amen. There are some who think we're picking rather than teaching. Amen. But if you'd listen to the very soundness of things, you would understand that we're not trying to make up the church of either poor or rich people, but we're trying to get down to some basic elements in your life. No matter what your status is in life, the high man must come down and the low man must come up. That's scripture. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So uh, we started out in the third chapter of the book of Acts. And if anybody knows in the scripture, I looked hard for it this morning. I couldn't find it. If anybody knows in the scripture where the Lord healed the man and uh, the Sanhedrin didn't like it and they tried to make him deny his healing. If anybody knows where that's at in the scripture, if you'd find that for me, I'd appreciate that. Praise God. I'm going to start again into the book of Acts, the third chapter, and then we will jump over to the fourth chapter. 
and start teaching in the fourth chapter today. From the book of Acts, the third chapter, now Peter and John went up together. I want everybody in here to say, into the temple. All right, this is what gets Peter and John in trouble because they go into the temple. Had they not went into the temple, they would not have gotten in trouble. But they went into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple. Notice how this great writer of the book of Acts keeps pressing these words. Ask an alms. And Peter fasting his eyes upon him with John said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And some of the people saw him. And all the people saw him walking and quietly worshiping God. Some folks say, where do you get all that carrying on in church? Out of the New Testament said he went into the temple and he kind of messed up them guys sanctimonious service he was leaping around dancing and shouting like he just received the holy ghost but really all he got was divine healing hallelujah praise god somebody says you're not supposed to run in church well he did and i forgot to read in the scripture where it said he wasn't supposed to These are traditions of men and not the letter of the word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody said you're not supposed to make that kind of commotion in church. You know why you believe that? You have been influenced by the dead. Amen. Amen. You have been influenced by people who do not have any of the power of Christ in them. And I will very clearly clarify that this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let us pray and ask the Lord to speak to us this morning. You may be seated. Before you sit down, shake some hands around you and say, Praise the Lord to somebody. And if anybody knows where the story is in the Bible where the man was healed and they tried to make him deny his healing, would you please get to that quickly? I want it pretty soon. Praise God.
Praise God. Any of you Bible scholars out there know where that story is in the Bible, where they tried to get the man to deny his healing. I want to use that right away. You know where it's at, Brother Greg? St. Might be St. John 9. Where's it at, Brother Greg? This is another one. This guy, they tried to bring him to his parents and make his parents deny his healing. Yeah, there it is. Therefore, said his parents. Yeah, that's it. Huh? Okay, so they run together. All right. Let us turn to uh, the fourth chapter. Of the book of Acts, read some lengthy reading, then we will start in working on this thing this morning. I'm not going to make some of you happy, I'm afraid, this morning because I intend to jerk too many scales off of your blinded eyes. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. <clears throat> But if you were very hungry for God this morning, when I get through, you will see more clearly. Hallelujah. (laughs) Jesus Christ does things in a way none of us understand. I'm sure if I'd hock up and spit on you this morning, you'd probably get mad. How many of you get mad if I'd hock up and spit on you this morning? I figured some of you would. It'd probably make me mad too. But that's exactly what Jesus did to the man that was blind. And he said, do you see now? He said, I see men moving like trees. The Lord did some more to him. He said, what do you see now? He said, I see clearly. Hallelujah. So the spit of Jesus Christ is more holy than the filth of us normal human beings. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Or the best of us. (laughs) Any way you want to say it. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I'm glad to see some new faces here this morning. That really does thrill me. Visitors are always special around here. Praise God. I want you to read, and if the visitors don't have a Bible, somebody help them. Praise God. We don't want them sitting here in the dark just having to believe everything I say. We want them to know we're a Bible, preaching, teaching church. Amen. All right, the fourth chapter of the book of Acts, and as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, the Sadducees. Being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid whole hands on them and put them in hold 
unto the next day, for it was now evening time. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. It came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and elders and scribes and Ananias, the high priest, and Cephas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, everybody say, filled with the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of difference in being full of the Holy Ghost and having a drip of it. Hallelujah. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation. This verse never meant nothing to me like it does now. I've heard it used so loosely by so many people. But friend, after I see what Peter is saying here, you can think you can be saved some other way, but you better listen to this verse real close. Neither is there salvation in any other way, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Praise God. Now I'm going to give you some background of the happenings here. In other words, if you can visualize in your mind I'm going to turn on the tube right now and we're going to start playing the story. Praise God. We're going to visualize what is happening. So many times we read the Bible, there are only words to us. We try to figure out things and try to understand things and they are not clear to us and so we leave them alone and leave them as though they don't belong to us. But I believe this morning that this belongs to us. That it does not only belong to us, but it should be working in our lives. And it should be that we apply it in our lives. Especially if we're going to say we're apostolic. Praise God. Apostolic's not a goofy name if you know what's going on. Hallelujah. Now, the reason why I told you to pay close attention in the first verse of the third chapter. Now, Peter and John went together into the temple. 
the gate called beautiful which was right outside of the temple fact is when you went past the gate called beautiful you entered into the temple into what is called the holy place <clears throat> but right there in the temple courtyard is the basilica the basilica is none other than the court of the Sanhedrins so therefore Inside, it's still there today. Sister Elder and I seen it. It's set up in a miniature section. And we have miniature slides of Israel. We can show you how it's set up yet today. And it's still set that way today. The religious rulers, the Sanhedrin, is right there. So then, therefore, it would be like us trying tonight to have a apostolic church service right across the hall of the district court. Hallelujah. There are some things that grieve God. And Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which is lost. There are people today that believe there is a God. How many of you believe people believe there's a God? We know there are atheists, and I'm not sure that the man or woman that calls themselves an atheist is really an atheist because when the time comes for them to meet God, we'll see how much of a real atheist they are. Amen. Lots of atheists change their mind at death door. Sad time. But most all people believe there's a God. Even the Indian. He drove his pipe down in the ground and he rebuked the evil spirits in the pipe. And he sent up smoke signals to his gods of the heaven. They believe there's a God. So therefore to believe that there's a God does not make you saved. It really doesn't even make you religious. Amen. It just means that you got some good sense. Amen. <clears throat> There's hope for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so, what I'm trying to say to you is that Jesus Christ, when he came to seek and to save that which was lost, he knew that by divine miracles, by touching humanity himself that he could bring man to a further knowledge to a further uh, interest in finding out more about this God he knew did exist 
but not exactly how, why, where, and for what. And so God uses his power in a miraculous way to draw men unto him. If you have a foot that cannot be healed and you've been to the doctors many times and God heals it, it proves to you beyond the shadow of a doubt there is a God of power more than man says there is not. And Jesus Christ himself came this way. If you would read what the real gospel is, you could find it in Mark the 16th chapter, reading from the 15th verse to the 20th verse. Amen. Go ye in the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he said, teaching them to baptize. And he said, them that are baptized shall be saved, and them that do not baptize shall be damned. And he said, these signs, these signs shall follow them that do believe. Now this is the separation line of the believer and the unbeliever. The signs will follow the believer. These signs will not follow unbelievers. This is a sign they believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall cast out devils. They shall take up serpents. They shall eat deadly things and it won't hurt them. Somebody said, they never quote that part. Oh, yes, I do. I don't think we should go out there eating quinine poison to prove God's real. But I think like a lot of our missionaries where witch doctors have poisoned them on purpose to kill them because their power could not overcome the power of God that you don't have nothing to worry about God take care of you like he does our missionaries they try to kill. Amen. And it's going to get like that in this country too. Don't feel bad about it. Just pray up over it. I told the men while I was sitting eating cookies and drinking coffee with them this morning, I have heard more fun on the radio in the last two months being made of religion and religious people. It is time now to make fun of anybody that believes in God. I'm telling you, the animals are running the kingdom. Amen. Now you listen to me as I teach you some things and you will find out that the hour, you will find out that the climate, you will find out that the 
type of people that lived on earth when these apostles were here doing the works of Jesus Christ have not changed yet but are still with us, among us. Same kind of teaching, same kinds of theory, same kinds of everything. Amen. The Basilica is called the Court of the Sanhedrin. It is outside of the gate called Beautiful. Now, the reason why that John, or Luke writes that they went into the temple is because the temple is the only thing that the Sanhedrin still, can still administer punishment or death. It's the only law that was left to them that they could administer death or punishment. All others was under the Roman law. So the only offense you could commit in that day that gave the Sanhedrin still the Jewish law rights to stone you to death or to kill you was a offense against the temple. Civil offenses had to be taken to the Roman court and was judged according to the Roman law. And that is the reason why when Paul says that those which are infeminate in the first book of Romans if you read what he says about homosexuality, he said these are worthy of death. But what he was saying is this is a civil offense. It's not an offense against the temple and we're living under the Roman law and so therefore we can't slay them by the Hebrew law. Amen. So he says they're, they're worthy of death. Amen. Now, <clears throat> However, when you commit an offense against the temple, it gave the Sanhedrin a right to put you to death if they so desire. Now, <clears throat> that is exactly what they did. They found the man. They were going to the temple to pray. Now, evidently, the Sadducees did not get excited about Holy Ghost praying in their temple as long as it wasn't doing anything. And what I'm going to say to the church this morning is the devil doesn't get excited about Holy Ghost praying as long as it don't do anything. The devil is not excited about your Holy Ghost worship as long as it doesn't do anything. But if it starts working against his kingdom, if it starts tearing people out of false religion, if it starts tearing people loose from their sins and traditions, you better expect an uprising. As long as men can be saved and be sinners, the devil don't care because everybody's going to the same hell anyhow. Yeah. 
There's an old saying among us, hoodwinked. A lot of people are still hoodwinked today. You better listen to the word of God and to the scriptures. You better quit basing your salvation on a church and a preacher. And you better find out if you're Bible or not. And if you're not Bible, you better go to the church where they live like the Bible and preach like the Bible. Hallelujah. And I'm declaring to you nothing other than the pure, unadulterated word of God this morning. First, let me say something before I get into this. I don't have anything against rich people. The fact is, most of the rich people I know are some of the nicest people I ever met in my life. I just thought I'd tell you that before I get busy because I'm going to hit the rich pretty hard this morning. Hallelujah. Now the Sanhedrin was made up of 71 members. 23 of them formed what is called a quorum, which would be the same to us today as a jury. Almost the same kind. We have 12, 24 sits on a jury. <clears throat> now, when the 71 members come together, they consisted of the Constitution of Israel. They were the law. They're the same bunch that crucified Jesus Christ. And I'm saying these things this morning for your benefit this morning. Now, when you read here, let us start in the fourth chapter of the book of Acts, the first verse. And as they spake unto the people, the priests, the religious hierarchy, and the captain of the temple, he was the police of the temple, to make sure you didn't do anything that was against their religion. <clears throat> He's the police, the captain is of the temple. And the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved, that they taught the people. First of all, one of the basic foundations of the Sadducees was they denied the supernatural. There is big churches in this city this morning that deny the supernatural. They tell you God can't heal no more without a doctor. If God does anything in this country anymore, he has to have the help of these professional wizards. He can't work without the help of the professional wizards. He's a small God and without professional help, he can't do nothing.
I'm here to tell you this morning, God don't need a doctor at all to heal you. And I'm going to tell you something else. God don't need a lawyer to get you out of trouble. Amen. Amen. He can turn one little situation over, and some of you have lived to see it. He can bring up one little bitty evidence in court that throws the whole thing right out of court in a matter of a few seconds. Amen. And when the doctor said you're going to die, Sister Keller, with cancer, he can heal you and make a fool out of the doctor. Amen. That woman's going to have been dying with cancers for so long. And somebody says, well, I'll bet you she dies pretty soon. I bet she does too. She's getting into her 70s. And lots of folks I know die in their 70s. And you know what I think she's going to die of? Old age. But she's supposed to died for the last 15, 20 years of cancer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. When God gets ready to move, he don't need no doctor's help. He just needs you to believe in his pure, unadulterated word. Praise God. Amen. But there are still these people in this world and you live with them and you hear them and you have to listen to them. Let's just look over here in John the ninth chapter. I want to show you some things here. St. John the ninth chapter. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And the disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now sin, most generally, sickness is a sin, but not every sin. I mean, not every sickness is a sin. So that's confusing. Well, it won't be if you ever catch on to what I'm saying. In other words, there's a lot of folks going to die of lung cancer because of sin. We preached for 20-some years that cigarettes was a sin before they ever started proving it killed the body. You know something, I bought an old radio program. You think the devil isn't smart. I've got it, you can't get it away from me. I bought an old radio program last week when I was in uh, uh, Wichita. Uh, I can't even remember who them two jokers are. Abbott and Lou Costello. Brother Gary and I was listening to that baseball game the other day and them arguing who's on first and what's on second and something else. We laughed till we like fell out of the truck. Do you know on that radio program who is pushing camel cigarettes? I've got it. It's on tape. Who is pushing camel cigarettes is the doctors of the United States of America. 
and that thing was probably produced back probably in about 1943. But today, the doctors are telling, since everybody's hooked, to get off of them, they're killers. But you've got to admit one thing, cigarettes keep building bigger castles more maids, big yachts. They have made an extravagant living out of the ignorant who are influenced by the aristocrats. Hallelujah. Now listen to this. Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the work of God should be made manifest in him. I must do the works of him that sent me while it is day. Let's go on. And Jesus goes on and heals this man's eyes. Let us turn to the... Uh, 12th verse, then said they unto him, where is he? And he said, I know not. And they brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. And he said unto them, he put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed and do see. God don't care whether it's Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. If he wants to heal you, he'll do the work of God. But to these clowns, you couldn't do nothing on Saturday. Their Sabbath. And for a good work, they're going to kill anybody that does anything on Saturday. Hypocrites. Amen. They said unto the blind man again, Why, What sayest thou of him that hath opened thine eyes? He said, He is a prophet. <laughs> but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. These religious leaders not going to believe nothing. I'm going to tell you the doctors of this city are not going to believe nothing. God out of this church right here has performed several miracles before these doctors in this city and they will not admit nothing. One is Sister Keller healed of cancer. Another is brother and sister Horn's little boy Jacob with double pneumonia to be in the hospital for 45 days delivered from the hospital with clear lungs the next day. Is that right brother Horn? There are some of you in here that have had broken bones healed recently quickly. Nathan Carricker went in there with his cast on like a rag. 
arm was supposed to be broke. God healed his arm. He told that doctor, but that doctor, <coughs> Brother Kerker's got insurance. Hello. So the kid don't care if the doctor don't want to take the cast off. We'll leave it on there till however long the doctor wants to. So he went out and played football and just bust the cast right off of him. And left it hanging on him like a rag. One day he said, Brother Elder, fill my cast. I reached over and filled his casts. He said, mm, it don't hurt. It's all right. That cast wasn't doing nothing. Just a limber rag on his arm. Finally come his day to go in and see the doctor. He's supposed to wear it for a bunch longer time, you know. Goes in, sees the doctor, and the nurse takes one look at that limber rag hanging on his arm and rushes him right in to see the doctor. The doctor said, how'd you do that? He said, playing football. And the doctor said, playing football with a broken arm? Nathan said, I told you God healed it, but you don't believe me. So they cut the rag off, put a little old wrapper on there that's got straps on it. And I think I seen Nathan wear it one day. Throwed it in bedroom probably and just been walking around believing God. But these doctors don't want to hear none of that stuff. And you can't blame them. Because if God got to healing too much in this town, their pay would even go down worse than what Reagan's done to them. Amen. And you know a lot of folks don't want God to heal too much because we might lose some doctors. Amen. Amen. But I'll tell you what I found out. I've been in that hospital. Some folks don't think I've ever been sick, but I spent the first 20, 30 years of my life sick in hospitals. And I found out that just one touch of the master's hand is better than all the needles, better than all the medicine. And most of all, it stops the suffering in a moment. Amen. Amen. Oh, and I love to get away from pain. I don't like pain. And I don't like medicine either. Some folks get hung on medicine. They like medicine. You know why they like medicine? Well, the doctor likes for you to like medicine. Amen. If you don't get on that medicine, he won't get to see you as often. And other folks like medicine. They like medicine for two reasons. It keeps them going back to the doctor, which uh, says a lot of bright things like, oh, now you're going to be all right, Mrs. Smith, and everything's going to Don't worry about your husband. And They just love that attention and that petting they're getting, you know. It's about the only place they can get any.
But to get that tension in that pet, and they had to walk around loop-headed and some kind of mess and all that. And they see you on the street. How you doing today, Mr. Charles? Oh, I'm making it. I'm going to make my little walk today. This medicine don't lead me astray. I like a sound mind. The Holy Ghost gives you a sound mind. The Holy Ghost gives you a sound body. I wonder how many of you like sound bodies and sound mind. I'm the kind of individual I like making my own decisions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I like being free. Some of these folks think that's being free, but that's not being free at all. It said to whomsoever. Huh? It's filled with the Holy Ghost. Whomsoever is the Son of God. Yeah, and if you're a Son of God, they that are the Son of God are led by the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, and to whom the Son has set free, he is free indeed. He's free from the affluence of the aristocrat. Hallelujah. Amen. You better not be swept away by that stuff lest you receive the same reward of others. It was the aristocrat that was the Sanhedrin. They were the wealthy people. And it was the wealthy's religion and, and they were the ones that governed Israel. They owned the stores downtown. They run the show. They run the hospitals. They run everything. They run the courts. They run everything. If a poor people would ever admit it, you're their pawns. Amen. And the only way you're going to get outside of their power is being freed by Jesus Christ. Amen. And they don't like that. Because this is the kingdom of Satan. And he don't want anybody that is free from his influence and power. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Now I'm going to tell you what the aristocrats in that day did not believe. They did not believe in the supernatural power. So what offense did they commit in the temple? Is this man who has been lame all of his life since he was born to 40 years of age, they by this man Jesus Christ healed him. They committed a miracle which this temple, this synagogue preaches is impossible. That was the crime against the temple, against Peter and John. We have the same bunch of aristocrats and their type of religion today. 
me tell you a little more about these people. The Pharisees, somebody says, what's the difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees? The Pharisees believed in the miracle story of Moses plus the law of Moses. Now, this is the reason why you do not find the Pharisees in the book of Acts giving the New Testament people much problems. It's always the Sadducees. Because the Pharisees believe in the resurrection. The Pharisees believed in miracles. The, they believed in the crossing of the Red Sea. They believed in the walls of Jericho falling down. And you know something? You poor folks... I could understand why you'd have trouble with the walls of Jericho falling down in the ground, but them stupid Sadducees over in Israel don't have an excuse because four years ago I went to Israel and seen the walls of Jericho in the ground where they had fell in the ground and the watchtowers still on the wall. They were rejecting a miracle they could even see with their eyes. There's a lot of folks today, like doctors I was talking about a while ago, reject miracles they can even see with their eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, and that's called intellectualism. If it is, I don't want to be that way. I want to be honest. I want more common sense and horse sense than I do foolishness. I don't have time this morning to bring all the context of this into focus this morning. But if you read in 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, you would find out that Jesus Christ makes the statement through the Apostle Paul's mouth that he said, Them that are lifted up, he shall abase. And them that are abased, he shall lift up. What he is saying, you that are without hope, you that are without direction you that are always led astray by the influence of the aristocrat and them that lead and govern the land I will set free and give you something to live for and give you hope hallelujah and them that think they've got it all down the pat when it's all over I myself shall come to destroy them Hallelujah. This is a war between heaven and hell today. And it's time folks realize it and acknowledge it. And you say, well, what's that got to do with me? Where are you going? Then that's what it's got to do with you. You yourself, he said, save yourself from this untoward generation. Now here this morning, these Sadducees, they believed in God, but their belief in God was not the same as the Pharisees. They laughed at the thought of angels. I want you to know we have a group today that are laughing at the things of God. Laughing about angels. Laughing about the Holy Ghost. Making jokes on television and on the radio about the Holy Ghost. They're open blasphemers against God. 
Jesus said you can blaspheme anything, but when you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, there is no hope for you or help. Hallelujah. Oh, God, this morning, that the people rid themselves of these that hoodwink them. Praise God. How, Brother Elder, run to the altar. Repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of them sins. And be filled with the Holy Ghost. Not some kind of a thingamajig you've seen and heard all over the place. But I'm talking about the real genuine baptism of the Holy Ghost. In the midst of all of this carrying on, there is the truth. It's up to you to get the truth. All I can do is preach it to you. All I can do is declare it. All I can do is tell you. But you've got to do it. Hallelujah. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house this morning. I feel God talking to people this morning. Hallelujah. What I am simply saying to you, if you would look close, let us stay in John, the ninth chapter, and let us, you see these Jews, these religious leaders, they're not going to believe that Jesus healed this man. So they take him to his sorry parents. You ever seen sorry parents? Well, if you have, and I have. Well, my parents aren't sorry. Well, that's good you feel that way about them. Now you need to find out whether they are or they aren't. They're sorry if they stand against Jesus Christ for the religions of this world. So they take him to his sorry parents. And you know, they said, was he blind? Yeah, he was blind. He was blind the day I had him. But they got to believe now. You know, if you was a certain member of a certain church right up the street here, Sister Keller, and you got healed... You went to tell around that church you got healed, you could get your mom and dad kicked out of church. If you don't know what church I'm talking about, I'll just plainly tell you. The Church of Christ. It's not the Church of Christ at all. It's a church of the Antichrist. They're against everything Christ was ever for. And if you had gotten healed in that church and declared it among you, you'd be just like Pat Boone. You'd get excommunicated and kicked out. And here these sorry parents are. Yeah, he was born blind. He's healed. Who healed him? Oh, man, I'd be glad to say Jesus healed him. 
these sorry bunch? They said, well, we don't know. You know, we don't know nothing about this. We can't help it because it got healed. We didn't have nothing to do with it. I mean, you know, if we had our way, you'd still be blind. We just don't want you to kick us out of the church. Sure, it's the spirits, demonic spirits. We're in a war with heaven. But Jesus Christ said, these signs will follow them that believe. Yeah, just cause something happened, don't make a believer out of it. Here's a mother who gave birth to a blind child that now sees at sea that won't even step up for Jesus Christ. But because of her place in the church, she's scared to step out in for her son and say, yes, the master of the heavens took care of my baby that was born blind. No, she's trying to take care of her little membership in the club. Amen. Amen. Still the same thing we fight and wrestle with today. We're not up against anything new, church. It's just time we fast and pray and have an apostolic move of God and see a Holy Ghost revival and an outpouring of divine healing and a pouring out of God's move in this city, in this church that starts moving this bunch that can't stand against us. They can't stand against us. And it's about time we wake up. They can't stand against us. I had a horrible dream about you last night, Brother Tom. Woke me up so bad I sit up at 3 o'clock this morning. Talk to you about it later, bud. But we're going to get the victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. You won't never get nothing, woman, unless you learn to fight for it. You think you're going to lay around in this world and it's just going to happen to you? It is. Everything you never wanted to. Amen. If you're ever going to have what you want in life, you're going to scrap for it. You're going to fight for it. I'm going to tell this church something. If we have a move of God, we're going to pray for it. We're going to fast for it. We're going to fight the devil. We're going to scrap it out in court. We're going to scrap it out at the job. We're going to scrap it out out there on the street. We're going to preach hallelujah. We're going to declare the wonderful works of God and stand up against this bunch that's trying to make us look like we're a bunch of illiterates. I'll tell you something. The thing I've got is more than all of their college education. And I'm not against that either. Fact is, I'm fixing to send my girl off to college. We're already talking about it. But I'm already telling her this kind of junk, you tell them to go jump in the river with. You didn't come down here to learn it. You come down here to learn something that would help you have a good living in life. Take your children, make atheists out of them and proud of themselves they do it. And make the God that's alive in their life dead as a doornail. Amen. Amen. 
Oh, no wonder God's turning. Did you hear last night's paper? I feel sorry for our president. Never has a president of the United States faced so much grief in his time in the White House with so much courage and determination. It ain't been but a few weeks ago he was shaking hands and shedding tears with parents and wives and children of 250 men had been killed. A few weeks later he's shaking hands and tears again of men who are killed and women who are killed. Never in the history of our nation has a man carried a stiff upper lip and led the nation with such courage. He'll go down in history as one of the greatest presidents that ever was of the United States of America. Amen. This nation will never enjoy it. By then it'll be fallen. It'll be history for future generations of other people to read how Rome fell in a day. <clears throat> now I'm going back to the fourth chapter of the book of Acts. And now we're going to look at it word for word for what it says. And I'm going to show you the apostolic church in motion. How much time I got left, Brother Tom? I want you to look at the second verse. Being grieved. Second verse of the fourth chapter. Being grieved that they taught the people. That the way I'm preaching this morning is not even making some of you happy, let alone these preachers in town and these officers in town. Who was grieved? I asked an officer the other day, I said, since you've got so much smarts and since you know so much, you've got all the answers. I said, what would you do? With a case such and such and such and such. Oh, he said, I'd do this and this and this. I said, well, that kid's already had that. Now what would you do? Well, I'd do such and such and such. I said, I see, you're so dumb, you'd do his work for him. Because you ain't got the guts to correct him. Did I say it, Tom? I said, ain't no wonder you put out a bunch of idiots today. You can't do a kid's school work and teach him anything. Man, when I was a kid, if you'd have done my school work, I'd have brought it to you every night. I can't understand these clowns are supposed to be educated, but they act dumber than the kids. Fact is, the kids are smarter than they are. Amen. But they call themselves educated. To what? Foolishness. Destruction of America. That's all they're educated to. 
And it's this kind of preaching that grieves them. It was that kind of preaching in those days that grieved them. They want us to believe that we're all a bunch of fools and we got to pay attention to them. Amen. And I want you to look here and say, being grieved that they taught the people. It grieves them that we teach you that God can perform these miracles today. But it wasn't only that and that Jesus through Jesus, the resurrection from the dead, that Jesus arose from the dead. He arose from the dead. He was witness of, as I preached to you last Sunday morning, of over 500 witnesses being on the earth for 40 days after his resurrection, and yet these dingling things want to make them men who know the truth act like it didn't happen. Amen. They're greed about them teaching the people about miracles. They're greed about them teaching them about the Holy Ghost, a spirit that they don't believe there is such a thing. They're grieved that they're teaching them the resurrection. What it simply boils down to, the fact that their greed is, is that either these apostles and their religion has got to go or they're going to destroy ours. And so we got to do something with them. We got to get rid of them. We've got to stop them, even if it means we have to kill them like we killed Jesus Christ. I hope this tape comes out good. I think I'll take it to one of my favorite officers down there and let him listen to it. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. God give us more boldness. We don't need no wisdom. We need to stand up for what's true. Amen. We need to do the things that we know is true. I walked out of that book of Acts and looked at my mother. My mother's been a missionary in Pakistan. And I looked at my mother and I said, My God, it ain't no wonder if they teach them people over there what's in this book. They're having such miracles over there. Let me tell you something, honey. In one city in Pakistan will be more miracles performed this day than you ever heard of or ever seen of. In one city. You know why? Somebody said, why don't we see it over here? First of all, over here, we spend all of our time trying to convince you it's possible. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what. If you come and taste of the waters, you'll see. My God's not dead. He's alive forevermore and real. Praise God. Praise God. I said I'd say some things this morning you didn't like. 
You see, it's terrible when some man goes tearing down our traditions uh, and go throwing to us something we have to accept. But I'm saying that if you want miracles in your life, you have to accept it. If you want sins forgiven, you have to accept it. If you want the Holy Ghost, you have to accept it. You can't get it any other way. I couldn't get it any other way. And they couldn't get it any other way. And if they can't get it, and I can't get it, neither can you. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Neither is there salvation in any other name under heaven given above, whereby we must be saved. We want the end results. We have to do the beginning. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, listen. Here they come with them. Marching them in there. It's kind of funny when they take us to court. We don't have any all that good representative stuff. I've been to court more in the last three months than I've ever had in my whole life. Two or three weeks ago, I was in a lawyer's office every day. My goodness, if I'm not careful, I'm going to get smart. Just walk in there. They don't even give us a place to sit down. We're nobody special to them. Bunch of dumb dinglings, and we'll do with them as we please. But down here at the church house, there's prayer going on. Hallelujah. And I just go in there and I just sit down. And while they're all carrying on, I'm just saying, Lord, give me the key to this thing. Show me what's really going on. And it's an amazing thing. They sit over there in them little old rooms and plan everything. And come out there and sit down. And the Holy Ghost said, this is what they're doing. And that's what they're doing. And this is what they intend to do. And <laughs> And you go get a lawyer and you tell him a bunch of things and they all want to know where you found out all this stuff. And I don't have no confidence in the arms of flesh and not one man, but I'm going to lean upon his everlasting arm. Hallelujah. I know a God that's bigger than the whole bunch. Same God took care of them. If you notice them, they didn't go in there like no bunch. They just went in there full of God, full of the Holy Ghost. Read it. Howbeit many of them which heard the word were 5,000. I'm going to tell you, if you think they wasn't a crowd down at the courthouse, you're kidding yourself. There was a crowd down there. 5,000 people got saved over that old boy getting healed. And when Cephas was killing off Jesus, everybody was hollering, crucify him. But when Cephas got in this little jam, everybody wasn't on Cephas' side. Fact is, over the last little jam, Cephas got dismissed by the Romans. He really doesn't have any influence with the Romans anymore. He's only got influence with the Sanhedrin court. 
And so you see, <clears throat> there's 5,000, and it came to pass on the morrow that there, now hear this, this fifth verse, the rulers, the elders, and the scribes. That's the Constitution. The whole business came together. The same bunch that nailed Jesus Christ. That's all 71 of them. And Ananias the high priest, that's who got... Ananias is the one. I said that wrong while ago. Ananias is the one that got Jesus. Ananias is a dog. Why God let him live as long as he did. No one would know unless you knew by the Spirit that God used this filthy creature to polish his son in the church. And Ananias the high priest and Cephas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest. This was a relative thing. In other words, the relatives run the city. Run the country. Somebody says, well, they don't do that today. Oh, yeah, they do too. It'd surprise you if you found out. What they do to people in these homes and hospitals and behind doors, if, if the people in this country, you know, our forefathers wouldn't put up with what we put up with. There would be a revolution in this country. The guns would start talking again. They'd be a bunch of people in high offices that'd be dead. What they do to women behind doors is unreal. What they do to their minds and bodies and everything else. It has made me so mad that a lot of times the Holy Ghost and prisons are the only two things that kept me from doing some drastic things. Because inside of me, I'm a fighter. And I don't care what your title is. When you're a dog, you're a dog. Amen. And I don't care if you sit in the city hall or where it's at. Amen. Just because a person has a position doesn't give them a right to treat people like that. Amen. And that's the kind this bunch was. But they did do something legal here. They waited till the morning come. Yeah. They didn't even do that with Jesus. They had a kangaroo court in the middle of the night. Broke 39 of their own laws to get him. Somebody said 40. I'm not going to argue over one. Hallelujah. <clears throat> the Romans turned Jesus loose. It was this bunch that got Jesus. They said, we find no fault in him. They said, we're going to kill him anyhow. But they got a little different situation on their hands now. 
You know, we could have a Holy Ghost revival around here cause things to be to our favor. There's 5,000 of them in the courtyard. And the old boy that got healed must have had some guts and stamina. Because he heard they was going to put it on Peter and John. And so he showed up in court the next morning himself. He said, I don't tell you fellas something. You all of you know me. I said, oh my God. Y'all get mad again. Here I go again on another one of those tangents. This Ananias and Cephas is the high priest. They're the ones that come walking in there every Sunday morning with their suit on backwards. Amongst the people, you know. We light the candles. We do everything. You obey us. We preach the truth. Even though it's dead and you don't feel nothing. You don't get nothing. And you wonder what we're all about. Yeah. Come on. For 40 years, this old boy sat outside of their temple. And this bunch went in there with their suits on backwards every day in front of this old boy for 40 years. And inside there, they preached the power of God. Inside there, they preached deliverance. Inside there, they told the people. But you know something? Right at their church door, right outside, he never got nothing they ever preached about. And here comes two of these guys that believe in everything they don't believe in. They believe in Jesus Christ. They believe in the power of Christ. They believe in the resurrection. They believe in angels. They believe in divine healing. They believe in supernatural power of God. They believe everything that these bunch don't believe in. That guy's got to sit out there and beg till he dies because we don't believe it's possible. He can be healed. But these two guys woke up and said, silver and gold we don't have. But I'll tell you what we do have. We got a lot of power in Jesus name get up from there and he went running in there and leaping around in their temple I'll tell you what ain't no wonder they's mad Amen. you know God can get so vexed as something so dead he can stir up his people to do something amen Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, here they are. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Now, you hearing this, Peter, full of the Holy Ghost. If you're not full of the Holy Ghost, when you get in front of these big boys, you cow down. They got a way of counting you down. Hey, look, I'm the law. You know what I say? I'll throw you in jail. That used to scare the tar out of me until I started running around with you, Brother Gary. I learned so many tricks on how to get out of jail running around with you, it's unreal. Hallelujah. Now I'm not scared no more. I'm liable to wind up apostolic after all. 
They can throw me in jail over Jesus Christ all they want to. I'll raise so much commotion in that jail with baptizing them guys and preaching to them and praying them through. They'll be glad to throw me out of there. Some of you older saints may remember we had a teenage boy that was, uh, he wasn't very old. He, he's younger than you, Greg. And he was having street meetings. That was back in the middle 60s, you know, when teenage kids on campus, colleges and everywhere was preaching their thing and doing their thing and rebelling against the government. So he just went out there and started preaching Jesus Christ. And man, he was really creating a scene out there on the streets and he was getting kids baptized, <laughs> full of the Holy Ghost and taking them out of sin, making moms and dads mad and the pre preachers of the other churches mad and police and lawyers mad and everybody mad and nobody happy because God was doing a wonderful work you know so they said you don't shut this up kid we're going to shut you in the slammer and he said fine that'd be fine with me just go ahead throw me in the slammer so they throwed him in the slammer and he got to baptizing the men there and praying them through to the Holy Ghost in there and finally they went and grabbed him and throwed him out of the slammer and said you're causing more trouble in here than you are out there They don't know what to do with us. They don't have a law to kill us, so they got to put up with us. Come on. How about having an apostolic time? How about living up to the words of it? Praise God. Hallelujah. And Peter's full of the Holy Ghost. When you get full of the Holy Ghost, it makes you pretty bold. You say things to people... Man, I said some things that night after I walked out. I thought, man, you sure got awful bold, didn't you? <clears throat> Praise God. But hallelujah. Praise God. Somebody's got to do it. If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel. And I love this. Peter slaps it on their hide. You know, we say the best way to win everybody to Jesus Christ is pet them, love them and everything. And I don't think we ought to be mean to people. But we ought to tell the truth. I don't believe you ever get anywhere as being mean to people. The church of the living God's not mean. It loves. It only does one thing for one reason. It wants to get men out of the clutches of the devil and the hell and of men. Amen. Amen. It loves. And so, listen at him. But he's going right back after this bunch. Peter knows who this bunch is because he was standing down there warming his hands by the fire when he was amongst this bunch and denied Jesus Christ three times. He knows these 71 fellas. He's been around them a lot of times. While they tried to shut the power of God down. They're nobody new to him. And he says, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel. Now he's preaching, buddy. He's got 5,000 people there. He's got the guy that God healed. He's got his thinker. Yeah, Do you ever stop to think why Jesus caused John and Peter to run around? John had the brains and Peter had the boldness. John could think it all out and get Peter's mind straightened out, but he didn't have the guts to say it. No, Peter just plow right in there and do it. Oh, 
All you had to do was convince Peter that Jesus was in this thing that was writing, but he'd go after it 100% like a D9 bulldozer. Hallelujah. I look at it. Here he goes after them. They're not new to him. He knows who they are. That the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, this whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before your hope. You, you, he's making this bunch mad. He's making this bunch infuriated. They don't believe in a resurrection. They don't believe in miracles. They don't believe it's possible. And now he hangs his man on our neck again. Hallelujah. You know, if you pray, God will give you the boldness and the wisdom to do it. I found out a long time ago, quit smarting off to people. Just ask them questions. Make them answer. What they won't admit, what they won't face up to. Ask them. When they ask it, ask them another question. When they answer, ask them another question. When they answer, ask them another question. They're getting themselves in the corner all the time. They're getting in deeper. Did I, did I make an accusation the other night, Tom? No, all I did was ask questions, right? And I had two of them keeping their mouth shut and the other one trying to figure out how to get out of it. And it's not anything I'm doing. It's the Holy Ghost. You better lean upon the everlasting arms of Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Ghost. I won't tell you the God of heaven is going to fight for this church. And this church might as well find out the God of heaven's fighting for this church. And if you was in the right church this morning, how's come they're not against your church? How's come they're not trying to break your religion down? I'll tell you why, because it stinks and they're part of it and they're not going to break it down because it's dead, it don't believe nothing and that's what they believe. Neither is it against sin. And this church is against sin. And God's against sin. And the Holy Ghost is against sin. And Jesus is against sin. So if you believe in the blessed Holy Trinity, you better quit sinning. But I can tell you one better. I can get you to God and Jesus and the Holy Ghost and you won't even be confused when you get there. Hallelujah. 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 Woo! I wish I was preaching to the whole town. I said to God this morning before I come to this pulpit, this is too good to keep inside this church. I wish I could preach this all over this town. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And he hung them on their necks. Get this thing off my neck. That's what some of you are saying right now. Get this thing off my neck. You're making me feel uncomfortable. I'm almost to get convicted. I'm about to get pricked in my heart. That's what it's going to take to get you saved, honey. 
That's what it took to get me saved. I'm going to tell you something. The night the preacher got me saved, I was so mad I wanted to hit him with my fist. I went to the altar mad more than I did glad. But I prayed through anyhow. And I got a hold of the God of the heavens. Hallelujah. 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 And sometimes that's what it takes to, for God to get to us. That's what it took for God to get to me. It might be that's what it takes for God to get to you. Not every man is brought to the waters the same way. Some men have been so hungry and thirsty and looking for this that when they hear it, they come to the waters because they've been searching for it. Hallelujah. I'll tell you something. Peter was preaching to the anointing of the Holy Ghost because if he could have got this bunch saved, Jerusalem hadn't even seen a revival. Even though they had 70,000 in the church. He kept working at it. He kept hitting the head. I said to God this morning, what in the world are we doing? And uh, he said, you've been asking me to kill the prince of this city. And before we can, we've got to hit it in the head. I said, my God, give me the patience. Give me the strength. Give me whatever else it takes to go through. Because it's going to be a royal battle. Hallelujah. Praise God. It may even cost me my life, but if it causes this church to be born like I've wanted to see it to be born, so be it. Hallelujah. It won't be the first time I've been threatened. I drove my car and I made my wife bring another car to church a long time because there was nightly threats coming across they was going to shoot me and I didn't want my wife and children with me in case they did I don't tell you one thing I made up my mind a long time ago I'm ready to die for this thing that's not a decision I've got to make that's a decision I've made Hallelujah, it's already made. And when I make a decision, it's made. Hallelujah. I want you to hear this. He said, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. The same thing in our city. Jesus Christ heals them. Doctors act like nothing happened get saved the day I carried was it you brother Gary I carried you down to the barber shop to get your hair cut or was it you Brian yeah it was you and Butch it was either you and Butch or Gary and Butch I'm glad they're both here this morning because the barber told me two years ago said you wasting your time preacher them boys ain't gonna stay in that church They'll have that long hair again in just a few weeks. I said, we'll see. And I paid him the 12 bucks and walked out of there. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Praise God. Two years ago. Ain't no wonder you don't remember. You probably had a lot of haircuts in two years. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Doctors don't want to pay attention to the divine healing of God. Hallelujah. I want you to know, when we get the Holy Ghost, they want to remember us as the same old Joe. Amen. They don't want to act like anything's happened in our lives. I'm going to tell you something. The God of the heavens has filled some of us with the genuine, real Holy Ghost. And since God has filled me with the genuine, real Holy Ghost, I don't go to the beer joints no more. And I don't go to the dance floors no more. And here's my dance floor. I done changed partners. Instead of dancing with an old wild woolly woman, I'm dancing in the arms of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, I'm drinking out of a well that's not ever going to run dry. 